This is Wyman and Bob on Seattle Sports Station. Powered through the Alaska Airlines Studio. Streaming live on the Seattle Sports app and at seattlesports.com. Now, here are your hosts, Dave Wyman and Bob Stelton. Welcome, everybody. It's Wyman and Bob. This is Seattle Sports Station on 710 and seattlesports.com. It being Tuesday, you know what's coming your way. Mark Schlereth will join us at 3 o'clock today and then at 5 o'clock, El Hombre. Michael Bradley with us. On the program, make sure you stay tuned for all of that. This hour of Wyman and Bob is brought to you by Muckleshoot Casino. Dave, I think uh, I'm going to take some time off here and explore Darkness Retreat. What a clown. I'm going to be in a house somewhere off the grid and I'll have meals delivered. Other than that, no contact with the outside world. (laughs) I mean, we were trying to think yesterday, like, what is it that you don't like about Aaron Rodgers? Is it, you know, he's, and you, you said you gave him a break, like, I used to defend he, that guy to the hilt, man. Well, and his family, like everybody's like, well, he doesn't talk to his family. Well, maybe his family's bad. or Maybe, maybe they, they suck. Yeah, you don't know. Well, maybe he sucks. Yeah, I'm starting to lean that way. <laughs> <laughs> I just love his quote. It just, it's just sitting in isolation, meditation, dealing with your thoughts. It stimulates DMT. So there can be some hallucinations in there. Oh, but it's just course. kind of sitting in silence. Which most of us never do. We rarely even turn off our phone or put the blinds down to sleep in darkness. I'm really looking forward to it. Hey, I, for one, am happy to sit and not talk to anybody. (laughs) You pull the blinds down, turn the phone off, no uh, TV, no nothing. I don't know about all that, and I'm not going to hallucinate. I can tell you that much. (laughs) Um, But, well, it's like, uh, what is it, best in show? This is one of my wife and and my uh, favorite quotes is, remember, she... um, Oh, we can talk or not talk. For hours, that you one stole my line. Well, you were thinking, you were yeah. searching for it. I no, was no, hoping I was out. trying to figure out what her name is. The gal uh, in the her character name? Yeah, no, just that that the Jennifer gal that Coolidge. Plays, Jennifer Coolidge. Yeah, thank yeah, you. yeah. So yeah, we can talk or not talk for hours. We like soup. Yeah, <laughs> we both like soup. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I mean, not talking to anyone. Yeah, that would be okay. I actually would. I would probably enjoy that. But but no, I I like people. Yeah. <laughs> That's a, so let me just throw in the left turn here after I told you I can easily just talk to nobody. I like people. It's not because I don't like people. Uh, it's just well, sometimes I don't like words. That's how Aaron's going to come to his decision about what he's going to do with his career. Now, I, I think this is a perfectly reasonable question to ask. Is he going to be taking that ayahuasca? Ayahuasca, no. He said he will not. Well, then how is he going to uh, hallucinate? Apparently, when you sit in the dark for four days and four nights with no... Lights, no stimulation, no TV, no phone, no nothing other than meals being delivered, no interactions with, I guess, it, according to him, I'm just reading what he said, it stimulates DMT, so there can be some hallucinations in there. I think that's, that just sounds awful. <laughs> I mean... He's on a different journey, man. He's yeah, on a different path. I would I would have to have like a game to play or something. Yeah, I don't he he doesn't need that. He's he's more yeah. advanced than you, Dave. That's why. Apparently. Uh but that's, you know, hey, whatever whatever helps him come to his decision about what he's going to do with his life and so be it. I saw on Twitter today somebody, I can't remember who it was, but they tweeted out who's your who do you hate the most or who's the least likable player in the NFL? And he was he was leading by a, there were a ton of responses to it and he was it was him and Deshaun Watson were the two that were mentioned most often with Antonio Brown in there, and I showed you a funny video of him today uh, that I tweeted out the other day. <laughs> Just, he's a piece of work, Antonio Brown. Um, yeah, that that'll be interesting. Yeah, but those those are the those are the ones that were leading the charge to that question. Yeah, 
Yep, absolutely. So, <laughs> so there you go. There's That's what Aaron Rodgers is going to do. And once he's done with his darkness retreat, I assume we'll all know exactly what he's going to do with his career. Meanwhile, uh, Seahawks, we were, looking at, we were looking at the Seahawks free agent list. And there's a lot of names on this list. And we were talking about it after the show and said, all right, let's little homework assignment. Let's go through all of these names, some of which I got to tell you I'm not familiar with. There are a couple names on oh, there. I'm yeah. like, I don't recall seeing this name on the field. Godwin Iguabuke? No, no, no. No, who that is, certainly. John Radigan? Uh, no, T. it was, uh, it was uh, let's see, where was it? I can oh, tell Junior, you. Junior, uh, Johnson Jr., Daryl Johnson Jr., maybe? No, Colin Gillespie. That's the one. I had no clue. Yeah. What, who, what does he do? So he's a linebacker. <laughs> I just I heard a really funny story. About Carson Tinker. Carson Tinker was the replacement long snapper. Okay. Yeah. But Colin Gillespie, I just heard that there were certain scouts that were like, this guy can walk on water. You know, and there was kind of a joke about that going on that, you know, apparently there's a couple of people that really love him. Uh, he He did a pretty amazing job on some kickoff coverages, but... You didn't even get to see him, you know. So anyway, I, I thought I just think the potential and the upside there, and we'll get to our list here. But um, yeah, he's he's one of those guys. Probably most people would have no idea. Um, Laquan Treadwell, remember we uh, did we talk yeah to him? we spoke with him yeah 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 good guy. Everybody Co- else I'd heard of, but that that Colin I I don't even remember seeing his jersey. Remember yeah. seeing him running downfield. Some of these obviously there's some. These aren't superstars. These aren't all big names. These are just the list of free agents that the Seahawks have coming up. So what we did is put them into three categories. And I kind of, the way I termed it, and I, I don't know if we're looking at it differently, there, there are names that you got to bring these guys back, meaning if they're not back, you, you find yourself going, okay, now what do we do? How do we replace them? Yeah. The next group were guys, I would like to have them back, but if they're not back, do I think it alters the trajectory of this team? No. I don't. I think I think they can be replaced. If you gave me my preference, I'd like them back. But you can't bring everybody back. So just kind of keeping that in mind. Yeah, like them. Be awesome. They 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 absolutely have a spot on the roster. But do they? Is it going to be the difference between them getting to the playoffs or not? In my opinion, no. And then the last one was just, hey, I called it good luck on your trip out of Seattle. <laughs> Those are the ones that I, I feel like we're good. It's you're 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 going to find work somewhere else. It's going to be great. You Mm -hmm. know, one of those. So uh, but our lists are are pretty dramatically different because I only had three names in my must retain. Like you've it's going to be a problem if this guy's not back. And my three were Ryan Neal, Geno Smith and Phil Haynes is the guy that that I think I think Phil Haynes is a better guard than Gabe Jackson. In fact, if they wanted to release Gabe Jackson, I don't know. I'd have to look at the salary cap implications. I feel he's been a bit of a disappointment, to say the least, since he's been here. And I think Phil Haynes is a better guard. Um, so to me, he's more pressing. But those were the, the only three that I looked at and said, yeah, if they don't have this guy, I feel like that's problematic. Yeah. And then your list was a little longer. Well, I mean, you got you got to have you have a fifty three man roster. Yeah, you, you can't you can't sign you know. And here's what they just off the top of my head last year they signed Disley, Diggs, Penny, uh, and then Gino, Artie Burns, Chenoweso, Austin Blythe, uh, Justin Coleman. Uh, Marquise Goodwin and Quentin Jefferson. So that's what eight nine guys. Gino. 
and Gino. So, yeah, 10 guys. I mean, you got to keep some of these guys. I mean, they're a huge part of your team. And I think locking down the quarterback situation by signing Gino and Drew is is a huge deal. Um, and then, you know, for me, Ryan Neal, I mean, you, you have to have him because of the possible – uh, I mean, Jamal Adams might get hurt again, mm-hmm. you know, and then yeah, I agree. So but, you but you've got Drew Locke as you've got to bring him back. Yeah, uh, that's what I think, because mm-hmm. you got to have you got to have a quarter backup quarterback. And I think you can get him. Nobody's going to want Drew Locke. I don't think anybody sees Drew Locke as being what what they see, unless like Mark Schlereth was, you know, and maybe maybe that's what happens. Maybe he got a lot of that from uh, Sean Payton. That you know, because they're buddies, and you know, yeah. I don't. He keeps it on the down low, but they do talk a lot, and so maybe that's somebody that he's, you know, he sees something that Mark saw, and that was that Drew Locke did not uh, ever in college or in the pros play in a quarterback friendly type of offense. Um, but you know, some of them are just because I think that we've we've been a little bit too critical. Um, Michael Jackson. He had 12 passes broken up. I just think he's absolutely necessary. I think he's your starting uh, corner. I mean, I I feel like that's a guy you have to bring back. Um, Austin Blythe, I don't know where everybody went south on Austin Blythe. I had a couple of times where I thought he got, you know, because of his size, um, that he got manipulated a little bit by defensive linemen. uh, Bench pressed. Manipulated. Bench pressed uh, a couple of times. But, you know, your guards can help you out with that. But he is just an incredibly smart player. Um, you know, I was a little frustrated, and this is my list, uh, by Puna Ford last year. He only had three sacks. These are all guys you think must come back. Yeah, because okay. you got to have depth on your on your well, defensive line. I'm not line. saying you don't fill these spots. I'm just saying we're talking about the individual. What do they yeah. do? Obviously, if they lose a wide receiver, they bring in another one. But but, but how are you going to fill it? Fill it because, like I said, they you know they signed what eight, and then they've got I think eight or nine draft choices. So, I mean, if you let go, there's 33 guys here. If you let go, you know, 20, 22 of them or whatever, I mean, that's that's a lot that you're mm-hmm. going to have to make up for. And I just think, I think Pune doesn't need to be thrown away because, you know, of a, uh, a defense that I don't think really worked out. Uh, and so, and then the other one, Rashad Penny, just because you have to have depth. Um, uh, this is kind of just a, sh- a couple of them are just shots by me. And, and uh, the, the last one I would say is Travis Homer. I mean, that guy does everything on your team. Yes, he's been hurt, but I think that guy is, you know, as important as, you know, I don't want to say a starter, but as anybody else that's not a starter on the team, I think he, he can do everything. But some of the guys I took a shot on, one is Marquise Goodwin. I just was so impressed by him, and I, I thought, you know, that's, that's a guy that I think you, you need to be back. I think he can be that third receiver. He can, he can be the guy. Uh, Miles Adams took a huge step last year, mm-hmm. and it, especially in the Jet game. And so the times that he did get in there, I thought he played really well. You need depth at your D-line. I feel like he can play either the nose or if they decide to go to a 4-3, that uh, Miles Adams is, is a good one. And then the last one is this is totally me just going on upside and what I see. I like the kid is Godwin Iguabuque. I, I feel like as a returner, that's really important. And he had some good returns. I mean, we haven't seen a good kickoff return here in years until this year when he had like a 56-yarder against Kansas City. I think he had a couple of 25-30. I mean, that field position is key. And so it's not like I'm going based off of, you know, his importance. But, you know, my theme is that, look, you've got to fill out your roster. You can't just, you know, go. But, you know, the questions I, I guess I would have is Michael Jackson, 
Um, I, I think I know how you feel about Puna Ford. Uh, mm-hmm. Austin Blythe, like where did we where did we go south with primarily Michael Jackson and Austin Blythe? That's... I, I don't know about south. Well, Blythe, I was not impressed with. I felt like I saw him get shoved around a lot. The, yeah, I I think he was okay. I think he was okay. I, I think he can he can be replaced, and you would be fine. I, I don't think he was he was crucial to what was happening there. It didn't feel like that way to me, and it, and it felt like at times he was a bit of a liability, maybe just based on his size. Mm. Um, you know, you've got a lot of the guys you have as must, and I understand you have to fill out the roster. I'm not saying you just you come in with a short roster. I'm just trying to put a value on that particular individual, saying is this team in a bad way without them, or it, are they? Is there another version of them out there if they don't bring him back? If that if that player signs elsewhere. You know, where the others you look at and go, man, it's going to be hard to replace that guy. That guy brings something different to the table. That's a must-keep for me. Yeah. So a lot of the guys you have as must-keeps, I've got in my, sure, I'd like to have him back. But I don't know, if if Rashad Penny doesn't come back, I don't look at it and go, well, what are you going to do? You can find another backup running back. And mm-hmm. and I so I've got him in, in, the, in the, I want him back. But if he's not here, I'm not going to feel like, wow, the Seahawks have really hurt their chances. I, I like him, but he's just, he's unfortunately not been reliable enough to be out there, to be relied upon, I should say, uh, enough. So, would you say the same thing about Jamal Adams if he was in this list? Probably, unfortunately. Yeah. yeah. Just based on availability, he's just a hard guy to rely on. I, I love who he is when he's healthy, but if he were healthy, he'd be an absolutely yes. You, you must bring him back. Well, I, I guess I would answer that by saying what I said to Mike Shanahan one time. He's like, well, you've been hurt. I'm like, yeah, no bleep. You get hurt playing football. <laughs> I mean, well, obviously some more than others. Especially though. running back. I yeah. mean, you know, and you got to have that stable of players. And, you know, if, if something happens with Ken Walker, man, I mean, you're in big trouble. I also feel like Rashad Penny is uh, not only a really good player and could be possibly like a breakout player, but also he just, I don't think that, I wonder if there's anybody out there on the free agency, and we'll get to, to those later that is better than Rashad Penny when he's healthy. But you just have to go off of based on that. But like I said, you know, <laughs> to Shanahan, he's like, well, you were hurt this year. Yeah, I'm like, well, I play hard. And, yeah, you get hurt no. playing football. There's very few. There's more guys that get hurt than there are that don't. Yeah, I don't expect anybody to be superhuman and never get hurt. But yeah. some of these guys are hurt more than they're available. And that's just unfortunate. It's how it goes. And he's been that guy. So, yeah, I would like him back. Again, just to clarify, I would like them to bring Rashad Penny back. But if for some reason they don't, I don't feel like they're in trouble. That's how I kind of gauge these. Uh, Also, so in that keeping with that theme, Cody Barton is part of that. I like Cody. I'd like to see him come back. Going to the next nice but not necessary. Well, yeah, because I only have three names on my must. (laughs) I forgot we ran out of that. Yeah. We ran out of time. Yeah, we spent all the time on yours because you got everybody's a must retain. Uh, But so my my want them back. But if they're not back, okay, I think you'll be okay. Uh, Cody Barton. I like him. We've talked a lot about him. I, I I agreed with you by the way on that one. Yeah, he's he's showing you he can be really good. Other times, not great. So I don't know that he's the answer, but I think he's an awesome depth piece if he's not a starter because you can move him all around. I've got Miles Adams out there. I've got Nick Belor, who I think is kind of that Swiss Army knife that is just a gamer who can is great at special teams, can play linebacker, can be your fullback. He's not expensive. Is he is he an absolute? You got to bring him back. No, but I would really. I think he serves a really good purpose on this team. So I put him in that list. Same with Marquise Goodwin. Um, I've got Kyle Fuller in there. I've got Drew Locke in there. I've got 
Tease Tabor, Josh Jones, Tyler Ott, Igwood Buque. I'd love to have him back. Is he absolutely crucial to their success? Probably not. Uh, same with Michael Jackson. And maybe some of that is about Trey Brown and looking at, you know, what hopefully he's going to be healthy. And Michael Jackson, I think, did a nice job. Is he is he crucial? Did he play to the point of, of what are you going to do without him? For me, not as much. Mm. Travis Homer, I like, but he just isn't available enough for me to feel like he's essential. you got to bring him back because of everything he provides because he doesn't provide it very often. Um, and then Tanner Muse and John Radigan, two other guys I'd li- like to see come back. If they don't, I think you'll be okay. Yeah. Well, I guess my biggest question, Mark, uh, of yours would be why Michael Jackson fell into that, but you gave your reasons. Um, you know, to me, unfortunately, we both agree on this one, that Cody Barton, nice but not necessary. But, you know, I do, I did pick some of the linebackers, and when we get to the free agency, we'll talk about that too. They need linebackers, man. It's, mm. uh, you know, so I kind of struggled as to whether or not to put him in that first tier. Uh, I just think he went the way of the defense. When the defense was bad, Cody was bad. You know, other than the interception he got in Germany, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know. So, um, you know, and uh, so, yeah, I have him on that nice but not necessary list. I have Phil Haynes. I, I Phil Haynes, if you'd have asked me last year, I'd have said he's absolutely a guy that you need to have on the top of the list. But this year, I don't. For, part of it is you have Damian Lewis over there, and then I feel like if they the Seahawks pick a guard in the first couple rounds, you'll feel pretty good about that because they hit with uh, Abraham Lucas in the mm-hmm. third round. So I feel like that's where you can get fourth, that from. Wasn't he? Abe Lucas was fourth, I think. I don't think so, but we can look it up. Uh, but anyway, Phil Haynes, I thought was just okay. And I think, you know, offensive line is where... Uh, you think he's better than Gabe Jackson? Yes, I do. Yeah. I, I think Gabe Jackson might be done. I think he might be done. He's so, technically under contract, so he's not on our list. These yeah. are just the free for people just tuning in. These are these are the free agents. These are the yeah. we're not going through the entire roster. Yeah, uh, Penny Hart. You know they might argue with that one. Um, I just haven't seen that much. He was sort of on the come a couple of years ago, where you know everybody was talking about him. He was doing all kinds of different things. I mean, he'll play like uh, scout team quarterback and stuff like that. But uh, and then John Radigan, I thought showed some uh, some interesting things. Colin Gillespie, I get it. Uh, people probably would not know who he is or uh, you know what he was what he was about. But on kickoff and just some of the way the ways that he moves around the field, I like him. Again, you need some depth at linebacker, and so that's mm-hmm. why I also have Tanner Muse. Uh, in there as well. Yeah, we both have Tanner. We both have Radigan. Yeah. Uh, Colin, I just I have to say, and I said at the beginning, just I have no knowledge of who he is sure. as a player. I don't remember seeing the guy at all. Yeah. So I put him in my next category, and that's not well, a personal thing. It's just we're talking about impact, talking about if they're not here, what happens to the team, what do you do? Yeah. Well, and I'm just mine's based on you know some hearsay about it, and I think it's it's a funny hearsay story, um, which I probably shouldn't share. But uh, still, I, I think it's it's nothing bad. It's just that uh, it's funny. And, uh, you know, watching him on the kickoff and Rabel and I every week, you know, we're putting, okay, let's talk about this guy, that guy. Yeah, Colin Gillespie. And so I kept my eyes on him on his kickoff and some of his special team stuff. And he's he's kind of an interesting player. And so I, I put him on the list. Gerald Johnson on there for me. Uh, Tyler Ott, the long snapper. I mean, it was okay with uh, Carson Tinker. Uh, but I like Tyler Ott. I think he's yeah. he's been a good, solid player. All right. Our last category, quickly. And, and by the way, you're right. I just looked up Abe Lucas was uh, 
Third round. So you were right on that one. Um, uh, what do you so, mean right on that one? On that almost, one we were talking about. Oh, I just it almost was like you were saying, well, that one maybe you were right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, generally you're wrong on most things. That one you, you finally got one right. That's what I thought. You okay. finally got one. Right. Oh, well, okay. We'll, we'll have to carry this. All on. right, let's go to take two. Yeah, we can get to the uh, not happening later in the show. Yeah, we'll do that later. Uh, the reimagined Pro Bowl games. You're wondering about the ratings, Bob. They did pretty well. They drew 6.2, technically 6.282 million viewers, down from the 6.7 million last year. And that mark was also less than last year's MLB All-Star game, which drew 7.5 million. Pretty much equal with the NBA that had 6.284 million viewers. So MLB's All-Star game, 7.5 million. I, don't, I guess... Maybe there was some, was it split up or was it just the flag football game? This was just Sunday. Just Sunday. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I, I'm still, I'm still blown away by, by that and the fact, and cause I was wrong <laughs> last week. I was like the NFL finally found something that they are not good at. I don't like the term reimagined. Okay. Can we stop with that? But still, uh, I thought that they did a pretty good job and you know what? They learned some things from this one. So maybe next year. You know, they'll drop a couple of things, yeah. put something else in there, and maybe it'll get even better. I give them credit for trying trying things, thinking yeah. outside the box. All right, balloon toss. All right, kind of done. We're not going to do that mm-hmm. again. This was fun. The targets were fun. Yeah, you go through trial and error. I like that they're not just, nope, this is what we do every year, and that's what we're doing, and get over it. No, that was it's good. And, and it's not surprising that baseball is the highest rated because it's the most accurate in terms of replicating what you see all year. Yeah. They don't. You know, they're not out there throwing, lobbing underhand pitches to the guy so he can hit home runs. And then you you play the game the way you play it all year. It's the best all-star game there is yeah. by far, by far. Dave, you don't like reimagine, huh? No, okay. Mike. And so I guess you're probably going to be using that, aren't you? Let's see if I can reimagine how to work that in. Uh, why don't you reimagine not putting the Titans in take two? Your uh, team, it's very it? selfish. Right, Dave's going to spoil this one. So a couple coordinators were hired today. The Titans promote Tim Kelly from his prior role as passing game coordinator to OC. While the 49ers have hired Steve Wilkes, who's the Panthers' interim head coach this past season. He's their new defensive coordinator. Yeah, I thought Steve Wilkes was was a good, did a pretty good job. If you look at what he did, what he took over, it's tough being these guys that I'm trying to, I, I can't remember where I heard it, but they were like, if you take over a team mid-season, it's like a zero percent chance of getting rehired. It's just a terrible situation You're to there be to in. try to keep it afloat or keep it from getting worse. Yeah, so and you know, and I thought their defense did a good job. So you know that D'Amico Ryan, that that's a big, huge loss for them. Uh, the 49ers. He's the head coach of Houston now, obviously, but uh, he was a great defensive coordinator. He really had that defense working together. All right, Take Two is brought to you by Swedish Cyberknife. Treat prostate cancer with Swedish Cyberknife, swedish.org slash Cyberknife Prostate. We sorted through the Seahawks free agents, but which external free agent does this team need to sign? We'll talk about that coming up with Wyman and Bob. This is Seattle Sports Station on 710. Wyman and Bob. Powered through the Alaska Airlines Studio. On Seattle Sports Station. This hour of Wyman and Bob is brought to you by Muckleshoot Casino. You guys can text in throughout the show, 866-979-3776, powered by Mac and Jack's Brewing Company. Uh, uh, quickly, before we talk about some of the external free agents available, Dave, I don't remember this. Allen and Kirkland says, is your basic old fart? I can remember the NFL screwing up in the past. Does anyone remember the playoff bowl where the league championship losers would play one last game to see who would finish third? 
I don't recall what? that. And then said, or the college all-star game where the Super Bowl champion would play a, a team of college all-stars, usually demolishing the college kids. I don't recall it. Is this... Am I, I do being remember punked? that. Is this real? No, I don't. I don't think the it was the Super Bowl champs. I thought it was like a Pro Bowl group of guys played like the NFL All Stars, or maybe it was like the worst team. Whatever it is, um, anybody that thinks that the college guys a really good college team, like, like Alabama, would beat the yeah would beat when the, the Jags were terrible or yeah, the Jets were terrible. It's just it's just ridiculous because you know and they were saying that one time with UW and UW yeah. fans look they get you know they get all fired up. We were two and fourteen and they're talking about them, like oh, who's going to block Cortez Kennedy? I'll, I'll wait. I'll answer that for you. No, no one, <laughs> nobody. Yeah, we so, were we were yeah. hearing that with Alabama. For a few years there, yeah. like Alabama could beat the the Lions when the Lions were you know two win team or three win team. Well, and it's really basic. Um, every player in the NFL is an NFL player. Uh, the college players, I mean, like I, I like to say, I don't know why I pick on Home Depot because Home Depot is a fantastic place. That's where I meet all kinds of people. Also, <laughs> That's right. who else was it? Was it a service? Yeah, service. Yeah, I mean, can't go to Home of, Depot anymore. Oh, it's fantastic. I mean, just the best. But uh, but there are a lot of guys on the team that are going to be playing, working it. Home Depot and uh, not many. Play. Now you know, you look at like LSU, Alabama, Georgia. Now what did they have? Fourteen guys yeah. drafted or something. I mean, yeah, it's it's ridiculous. But they're still rookies. So, but yeah, uh, yeah okay. Well, we're gonna have to do a little little research. Does the first part sound from the the playoff bowl league championship losers would play one last game to see who would finish third? I don't. League this is before me. This is before my time because none of this. Yeah. I thought maybe I was being punked here. I don't. No, I, I think, don't recall either of these. I heard something about that, but I, I, I just dismissed it. So we'll, we'll okay. We'll check it out. Old All fart. Right. <laughs> old fart, Alan. <laughs> All right. Uh, meanwhile, looking through some, uh, I, I punched up a list, and there was like a, it was on NFL.com last night. Top fifty-one for some reason it was fifty-one. Uh, top fifty-one free agents available out there, and there's some interesting names, and there's some established names and names you like, but. I was kind of keeping age in mind, obviously, positional need for the season. Just looking at, and we're asking the question, if you could sign, if there's one free agent out there you could bring to the Seahawks, and you don't worry about the cap, you just, they're going to make the move, they're going to bring them, who would that one guy be? And I think we're all in agreement. The texters have been on this. You've been talking about him for a while. We've been talking about him. I think Deron Payne would be most people's pick. It's not sexy. It's a defensive tackle. It's not a wide receiver. It's not an edge guy. It's not, you know, one of those flash positions, so to speak. But it, 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 he's a very good player who addresses a pressing need for this team. And he's a young guy. And he's a productive guy. So that that was my number one. And I he's a home wrecker, man. Yeah. And, and the thing is that I think that came became very obvious during the playoffs that that's the kind of guy they need. Yeah. Yeah, I mean he's a, he's a pro bowler and you see all the teams in the, you know, that that were making it down to the final final four and everything. They got they have pro bowlers on that side of the ball. Yeah. You know, they got pro bowlers in that front seven. And some have multiple pro bowl, you know, whether you're talking about Bosa and and you know, the everybody that's that's going for the 49ers in their front seven versus what this other team does. There's pro bowlers and you look at what the Seahawks have. They got guys you like. Got guys you'd like we talked about earlier, you'd like to bring back, but they're not that extra meeting guy. They're not that difference maker on their own guy. So he feels like that guy. And um, you 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 didn't want to mimic that because you you've been saying him all year. So just to go a different way, who'd you go with? Well, I well the other guy I think 
or did you want to talk about? Why well, second one? Zach would be yeah. my my plan B to that. If I could just say automatic, snap my fingers, this guy's on the roster. It'd be Deron Payne. Yeah, you know Zach Allen. <laughs> I have to admit that some of the things are because of who I think he is. I think he's a smart ass, and he was giving JJ Watt lots of heat about washing his dog in the shower. Yeah. And he was like, uh, "You don't get in there naked, do you?" <laughs> I mean, yeah. And if you go look at Zach Allen's profile picture. It says everybody calls me psycho. Yeah, uh, but you know he's a or he's a good defensive end uh, that can hold that edge if you have a three four, and that's what that's what I, li- I like about him too. Uh, uh, and I know you have him on your list, and I I think those two and D line look that's that's really important. But you know what's becoming really like more glaringly important to me anyway is linebacker, mm-hmm. and you know I. Drew Tranquil, looking at that kid going into the Charger game, I think he's a Notre Dame guy, and you know he made a lot of plays, a lot of passes broken up. He's a really good second-level uh, linebacker, and it's Drew spelled D-R-U-E. Mm. Um, but yeah, his uh, his parents tried to be clever there, but no, I like him. <laughs> I, I think he's I think he's uh, how old is he? Really know? good. Uh, he's young. He's well, he's twenty-seven. Okay, but I mean, this is his fourth fifth year in the league coming up because you've got a guy that i like a lot that you wrote down but i his age is what took him out of the running i think he's 33 and that's levante david i believe he's 33 years old yeah well and he's been in tampa the whole time he's not going anywhere he's not going anywhere i just I, i put him in there just because i would love to have him i think he's still like last year or two years ago he's still one of those guys that like if i have to sprint all the way outside the tackle dive and take out a fullback so um you know somebody else can make a play i'm gonna do it he, right. he's he's a tough guy and you know when you put some of his stats together like i think bobby might have more you know as far as sacks and stuff but he has way way more forced fumbles and way way more tackles for loss like twice as many as bobby so he's just one of those really aggressive guys that i like yeah I, I like him too i just went okay age they're gonna you can bring this guy over they're gonna be a part of the team for how long so i was just that was kind of the one that that you took know, him off my list. It was amazing the year that he played in the Super Bowl and they won uh, for the for the Buccaneers. He was making half of what Bobby was making. He was playing for nine million dollars. So, I mean, I think he's also one of those guys that doesn't care about that that much. He's like, oh, it's enough. I don't have to be the highest paid guy yeah, at my position. Exactly. Now the third guy you put on there is also another one. And I think wh- how old is he? Uh, I think he is a young guy, Mike Gusecki. And one of the reasons why I put him on there is because I really hate him. He's 27 years old. Um, <laughs> you put him on the list because you hate him. He's so obnoxious. Like, you know, you hate uh, when Kittle does the little first down thing. Yeah, yeah. You know, this guy is just all over the place. I mean, he's just he's one of those guys that kind of gets under your skin. And the last couple of years as a tight end, <laughs> and he's out of Penn State, so... Let's see. This is his. This will be also his sixth year coming up. But still, you know, plenty of uh, plenty of youth there, and and he hasn't started. He's he comes in as kind of like a like a Colby Parkinson type of guy, right? But he had 780 yards a couple of years ago uh, in receiving yardage. Only a couple TDs that year, but then in 2020 is when I really noticed him because the Seahawks played the Dolphins. Uh, 700 yards in that season and six touchdowns and he had five touchdowns of the year before that. So I, I just think he's one of those guys that is, he's kind of a kind of nasty, like he's a jerk, but he's our jerk. Right. right. Yeah. And so that's, that's kind of what I, I like about it. And I, I think there's a, 
It might be a little quote yeah, here. Little yeah, quote. we got we got this. But I, I didn't put him. Just I was looking at positional need. Tight end. The more we talk it, about it, the more it feels like it could be more yeah. of a need. I'm still looking at, obviously, the front seven to me is the priority. So that's what I was looking at position-wise. But, yes, here's the guy you, you dislike so much, you'd like him on your team. It was interesting. I give, I give Mike props for for the effort. He gets an A for effort, but the execution was pretty bad. Um, that was that was pretty funny. I appreciate the you know all the laughs from getting seeing it on you know social media. We we had to outsource some some footage um, of the general population to to kind of put it in perspective to make sure that his teammates knew that it was it wasn't a subpar effort that there could be worse, but it was in the family of worse. Those are his teammates making fun of his TD celebration dance. Well, the last one is Mike McDaniel. Yeah, he's the head coach, the guy that came from the Niners, and he's kind of a nerd. You know, yeah, if you if you yeah. look at him, he's a little guy. He's got these big glasses. glasses yep. He's hilarious, and he that's where he was saying, "Well, yeah, it was in the it was in the family, of yeah. course." But that's his stupid. What do they call that? The sticky dance or something like that? The gritty, uh, gritty dance. <laughs> there we go. I like that name for it though. <laughs> sticky. It's the sticky. The sticky dance. We got to bring up a new one. You'll have things like you're shaking it off your hands instead <laughs> of pieces of paper. Things are stuck to you. Yeah. Hey, quickly, just uh, I know we're up against the break, but KJ Wright just just referencing the guy we we've talked about. And Deron Payne, here's his his take on him. I, I love Payne. Big, that's a big guy from the Commanders, mm-hmm. a guy that can make a difference up front. And you're going to have to spend some money. You got to spend some money. I do believe that the Seahawks are what top five, top ten when it comes to salary cap. And so you do have to make investments if you want to, you know, climb that ladder and be amongst the uh, the big boys in the NFC and in the AFC. And so um, I, I like him. I Fletcher. You know, I went, obviously I went to school with Fletcher. I love Fletcher. No, don't bring Fletcher in. Um, Fletcher's not going to leave Philadelphia anyway. All right, so he likes Payne as well, but he does. He could, I do. Could I do be believe. Too rich. I do believe he does. He does believe, and it, he won't be cheap. He's right. He's right. But he's on board. So I think that's that would probably be option number one for most people out there. All right. A reminder: This hour of Wyman and Bob is brought to you by Muckleshoot Casino. Coming up, one Major League Baseball owner wants to change baseball, but will other teams follow? We'll get into that next with Wyman and Bob. This is Seattle Sports Station on seven ten. Wyman and Bob. Powered through the Alaska Airlines Studio. On Seattle Sports Station. Are you getting excited about the Super Bowl yet? Yes. Are you? You know what I also really enjoy? And I've really just started liking this. You know, it's I got to be honest with you. Um, a few years ago, there was a highlight and my voice was in it. At the award show, mm-hmm. and uh, I thought that was really cool, but nobody knew what the hell who that was. It was something about a celebration. I was like, oh, "That's an extravagant, uh, you know, whatever." It was when they were doing all the acts out there. Yeah, and I was like, "Hey, I think that's that's my voice right there." We ran it back. Yeah, that's really <laughs> that's the only cool. reason I like it. That's the only reason I like it because my I heard my voice. No, it's no, it's really good. Remember, uh, who's the big D tackle that went from? The Jacksonville Jaguars to Buffalo, and he was man of the year, guy with the kind of scratchy voice. Ah, when, when were you talking about? Uh, like four, five, six years ago. Yeah. Uh, to Buffalo. Yeah. Anyway, he mm-hmm. uh, he was man of the NFL man of the year. And uh, texted in to the uh, hotline, if you remember who that was. He's a big interior defensive tackle. By the way, powered by Mac and Jack's Brewing Company. Text line is 866-979-3776. So I can't remember. But anyway, I just he, he gave one of the best speeches ever. And then we had 
who was it? The guy was it Jamie Foxx, I think, that hosted it. And he he was making fun of Joe Namath, and he had like a, a fur jacket. Remember in Joe Namath, Super Bowl three, they were big underdogs, and he was Joe Cool. Yeah. And so he had like a fur jacket, and he, he was saying, this is Joe Namath's fur jacket. And then he pulls a, a number out and says, Betty White. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, yeah, so, uh, yeah, it was about, yeah, it was just very cool. And. Uh, gosh, drive me nuts! The the big tackle. He's a big interior guy, but um, yeah, he, I love that show. The show yeah. is really good. I don't care about the stupid red carpet and what people are wearing. I don't care. I what? hate that part. Hate it. Even, it's so thing, important. Same thing at the draft. Like all of you kids yeah. shouldn't have. Like I was in a uh, like a worn out polo shirt and a pair of jeans with a hole in the knee because you're a college kid. You're supposed to be poor. You're not supposed to be wearing your dad's shoes. Yeah. Wearing Louis Taiwan, you know, uh, slippers and whatnot. So, um, but, but yeah, I've always liked that show. I think they do a really good job and, uh, it's, it's fun to watch. And then, you know, hopefully some, uh, some Seahawks will get recognized this year. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, and we'll talk more about the game as the week goes on. But, uh, I, I saw this article last night, which I thought was interesting that uh, Mets owner Steve Cohen is uh, apparently under fire from other owners because he's spending so much money and it's making them look bad. And I'm reading that going, are you bleeping me? Are you kidding me? The other owners feel like they're, he's making them look bad. Keep up. He's playing within the rules. There are no rules. That's the thing. He can spend as much as he wants as long as he wants to pay the competitive balance tax, which he will. He's playing within the, the confines, the structure that's been set up by you. So if you, the A's, or you, the Orioles, have a problem with what he's doing, then maybe figure out a way to invest more into your product. Mm-hmm. Or sell your team to somebody who can. Because you make you look bad. And that's essentially what he said. I, I, I read this. I was going, amen. Amen, Mr. Cohen. Don't know anything about him. I'm not a Mets fan. Couldn't care less about the Mets. Uh, but he's 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 out there trying to... Trying to win a World Series. I think if you're a Mets fan, you're going, we love this guy. It's not a guarantee. He's, you know, there's no guarantee they're going to win, but it's not going to be because he didn't try. That'll be the one thing. You can make the argument that this didn't work, that didn't work, but it won't be, hey, the owner pinched pennies when we had a chance and our window was open and he didn't give them the resources. That is absolutely not the problem. And he said his quote was, I've heard what everyone else has heard, that they're not happy with me. He's talking about the other owners. This is from Cohen. I hear things from people who are maybe more neutral, that they're taking a lot of heat from their fans. I kind of look at that like, you're looking at the wrong person. They're putting it on me. Maybe they need to look more at themselves. Absolutely 100% right. Absolutely. And unless they want to restructure it and bring in a salary cap or do something to change the rules, then you as an owner are in no position to criticize somebody for spending too much money. Yeah, didn't Petriello yesterday say that... uh, Petriello. uh, Petriello, did he not say, uh, yeah, I'm not a Mets fan or something like that? Yeah, he's in New York, but yeah, not a Mets fan. But yeah, it's it's ridiculous. You know what it reminded me of? Uh, Instantly, it was, uh, I remember some of the offensive linemen that would say when we were running gassers, don't be a turd, stay with the herd. Yeah. And I always thought that was so cheesy. Like if somebody wants to run the gassers, which is the width of the field and back and back and forth twice, um, you know, then he, he should be able to do that. But don't show the rest of us up yeah. by going fast and being a hero. Ugh, I hated that. I hated that during practice as well when they'd be like, hey, we're, we're going we're going half speed here. Yeah. Right? And I'm like, no. No, no, we're going full speed. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah they make themselves look bad. Right. Know, it's not you doing it, and that's the same in this case. I mean, they, they bring up in this article, the Oakland A's are set to have the lowest payroll in baseball this coming season, $40.9 million. That's their payroll, 40.9. Mm-hmm. The team is, uh, they're trying to leave Oakland, which may be a reason for it, but their owner is worth $2.5 billion, and he's got a $40 million payroll. He's choosing not to invest. That's his yeah. choice. He's got the financial wherewithal to do better. He's choosing not to, and maybe that's politics with, again, the stadium and trying to move, what have you. The Orioles are the second lowest payroll for 2023, $45 million. And their owner, Peter Angelos, is worth roughly $2 billion. Again, your decision not to invest in your product. And the the uh, third team with the lowest, it's the Cincinnati Reds, who, remember, the son of the team owner came out and said, where are you going to go? Talking to the fans. Careful what you wish for. Where are you going to go? They're projected to have a payroll of uh, $48.6 million. Yeah. So these are the teams, some of which are complaining. They're also multi-billionaires who have $40 million payrolls in the 40s. That's their fault. Yeah, that's almost as ridiculous as something that we'll hear later in the show, I believe. Are we putting, uh, did we put that in? The oh, the thing I played you? Yeah. <laughs> you you, you got to hear this. The absurdity. But, by the way, Calais Campbell is the ah, guy. Okay. And lots of people texted in. I looked it up on 2017 Jaguars. Of course, gotcha. Calais Campbell was fantastic. But, gotcha. uh, but yeah, no, that's exactly what that reminded me of. Of, oh, hey, don't make us all look bad. No, that's up to you, man. Yeah. That's up to you, not up Sorry, to Marcel all of Darius, us. As a, not Calais Campbell. Huh? Marcel Darius. No, Calais Campbell. He didn't go to the Bills. It's Marcel Darius. Oh, okay. Well, it was Calais Campbell. That's who you're talking about, though? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I was talking about Calais Campbell, uh, but yeah, I, 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 where did he go? <laughs> or did he Ravens. just retire? No, he's on the Ravens. Oh, now. the Ravens. Yeah. That's right. Okay. Yeah, I knew it was one of those teams up there in the Northeast. There was an equal <laughs> split on the texters, so I had to look up which ones. Oh, good. To I'm verify. glad. Yeah. I'm glad you brought up Marcus Stroud because yeah, I've got that confused. But Marcus okay. Stroud. No, Marcel Darius. Oh, somebody said Marcus Stroud. I don't even know who that is. Huh. All right. We do. I think, I think Stroud played for the for Jacksonville. Yeah. But, oh. So right. Clay, Clay's Campbell was fantastic. Okay. <laughs> I think we got That's that straight out. I'm not that sure. That was like something that could have been done in five <laughs> seconds. That took two and a half minutes. Twelve uh. texters. And uh, And we're still not sure. And Bob and Mike. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Okay, coming up, he's got insight on Sean Payton and everything else going on around the NFL. Mark Slareth will join us next here with Wyman and Bob. This is Seattle Sports Station on 710.